This is your Access All Areas Pass to In Her Head, a real and raw look under the hood at what really goes on in the mind and how to navigate and approach everyday situations, challenges and decisions so you can say what you mean and mean what you say, the modern lead her way. Ah, coulda, shoulda, woulda. I remember that line famously said by my favourite character in Sex and City, Samantha, of course, who else? She would say it kind of flippantly in response to Charlotte's worrying about having upset someone the day before or Carrie's dating faux pas, whatever it was that they were deliberating over. And I think those conversations that happened on our screens kind of beautifully describe what happens in our mind when we let it run a little bit ragged. So since I recorded the last episode around the power of vulnerability, but also the timing of those shares, I've been very aware of this narrative that's running in my head that I'm like, oh, you you could have said this, or you should have perhaps added that in to give some context. And of course, I will get on to what that is to add to the conversation from yesterday in a moment. But I just thought I would bring in this idea and ask you if you're aware of any level of coulda, woulda, shoulding on yourselves. So if I think back a few years to when I was working in the office, this would be a daily occurrence for me. I would be in a meeting and I'd be sitting there kind of kicking myself saying, go on, say it, say the idea or the challenge or just interject. And I wouldn't and I would come out of that meeting and really be berating myself like you should have said that. It was quite loud. It was quite mean. It was really my inner mean girl beating me up saying you loser basically and over the years I have managed to become more and more aware of that voice and rather than necessarily just listen to it get into more of a conversation with it and that conversation might go well yeah we could have said that but we didn't so are we going to sit around moping all day or are we going to get on with our lives and Over time, that has again developed into something that's a a little bit more compassionate in response to that voice. It's like, so I might still hear the same, oh, you should have said that. But I would respond with, oh, yeah, I can see why we could have said that. But we didn't. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. No one died. Everyone's probably forgotten about it already since then. And we probably don't need to waste too much of our energy thinking about this and going over and over again. And you know, there's always next time. So we can learn from this and make sure we do differently next time. We do better next time. So tell me if you can relate because this is something that I've really had to work on over the years. And I think where I've got to now is a realization that if I notice that coulda, shoulda, wooding on myself, I have that kind of compassionate response, but I'm then also like, okay, so what do I want to do with that next? Because I have a choice. I have a choice to keep thinking this over and over and over again in my mind or dropping it or doing something about it. So like with this episode, I'm deciding to do something about it. I'm deciding to actually address what I could have said, what I didn't say and what has bugged me ever since just to complete that task in my mind which will allow it to go and focus its energy 
on thinking about something else because we're always going to be thinking, right? 85,000 thoughts a day, neurosciences reckon. That's a hell of a lot of thoughts. So let's liberate those ones that kind of sometimes keep us stuck in this cycle and not being able to move forwards by choosing what we do with it when we have the awareness about it. That might be to send an email to the participants of a meeting and say, do you know what? I really wish I'd said this or shared this or go back to the person that you had the conversation with and say, I feel like I left this bit out. Can we have a further conversation about it? It's that simple. So the thing that I wanted to bring into the conversation from yesterday was really, I felt like I left it too open that you have to wait for the perfect timing of which we know there is no such thing as perfect conditions. So that's never what I'm saying. But I felt like I left it too open to suggest that there is a appropriate time in the future that you would share this vulnerable story or vulnerable moment or just your vulnerability about a situation and that's not the case it is the case when you're in the workplace and you're presenting or you're speaking to your team or your line manager or you're you're in a meeting with your clients right there is a time and a place for that that may be more appropriate if you're further down the line having actually processed the emotion of the topic that you feel is quite vulnerable to speak on. However, the missing piece from that conversation was that it is imperative that you do process it in the moment and that you don't push it to one side, shove it down, mute it, ignore it, do everything in your power to shut off the extent of the emotional piece around whether it's grief, whether it's shame, embarrassment, loss, whatever it is, it's imperative that you have an outlet. And for me, I have certain people that I go to with certain things that I need to process. So I have group spaces that are set up for me to go and process, to talk out loud, to to cry or to kick and scream or just to let out whatever the emotion that's inside me is. Come to some sort of realisation in the moment about what is going on for me, what is present for me. I have people that I'll go and speak to and help me untangle things. And I also create that safe space for my clients to come to me. I am that person that they can come to that is non-judgmental, that will just hold them in whatever they have coming up for them, help them as they sit with it and move through it and then understand it on the other side of it. So it's really important. We want to ensure that we're processing in the moment and by that I mean that you're getting it out, you're moving the energy of the grief, of the loss, of the shame, of the embarrassment and you're liberating it into something that means later on when you show that vulnerability, you do so from a really grounded place. So that's exactly what I did after that episode where I talked about the fact I felt quite vulnerable in that moment to share what was exactly going on in my head. I processed it, I I was sat with it, I was tuning into what it was really saying, I reached out to a friend, I spoke to her about it, I then took action. And I'm still not ready to share it here. 
and I will, but it won't be as emotionally charged because I have processed that emotion rather than do what I have done for decades, which is numb it out, usually with food, which is another whole conversation that I'm sure we'll get on to. <laughs> so I will leave it there. That feels like I've completed that cycle for this conversation and brought in this idea of um, the coulda, shoulda, wooding that happens in your mind. So I just ask you to listen out for it. And when you notice it, notice how you respond or if you ignore it, if you're harsh or if you're compassionate with yourself and see if you can tweak the language you use to move through that and into action. And I will see you next time. Take care.